Uh, last week, we started a series called uh, Wisdom for Life, and uh, there really is wisdom uh, in um, God's plan and design for you. And uh, when you think about, and I mentioned this last week, but when you think about how God actually created the world, and you see all of the, the trees and the, the plant life and created things, uh, people, you start to realize that there is design in the way that he created those things. As you see the design in it, there is wisdom actually in how he created those things. And uh, if you think of the moon, for example, I, I think it's fascinating that the moon itself, though it's so close to the earth, uh, when it uh, comes in front of the sun, the sun being so far away from the earth, it is the exact size to eclipse the sun. There is wisdom in his design, and you could go into many different things that he's created and find wisdom in his design. So if the God who created the universe has wisdom in his design, then he has wisdom for you. In fact, he has wisdom in the fact that he created you. Uh, you are not here by accident. You are here with a purpose. And to find that purpose, we need to go back to who the creator God is, because he has the wisdom with how everything works. It would be foolish of me to actually say, I know that God created the universe, I know that he created me with wisdom, and then to walk away and say, but I don't want to know him, because I'll, I'll do fine on my own. It's like drawing a big circle, if you can imagine a massive circle, and saying, here, this represents all of the knowledge, all of the wisdom, all of the intellect in the world, uh, now, just imagine that you're going to draw now another circle within that circle uh, to show how much you have of knowledge around all those things. How much do you think you might draw? Yeah, it might be a little dot. That's right. In fact, it, you might have to really look closely to find it because you imagine all the philosophy, all of the languages of the world, all of the sciences, all of the different uh, social um, knowledge and, and you know, sociology, all of those different things, and then understanding even how marriage works, understanding how, how to parent your child. And you find that your dot is getting, you might have had a circle like this, you know, I've got a pretty big circle, and then it's now starting to diminish to something really small, because you realize, actually, I don't know as much as I think I know. He holds all of that in his hands, and who are we to say that we actually have so much knowledge that we could tell him what to do? But he invites us in. The amazing thing is that God invites us in to actually be a part of his story and to understand our part in his story. Uh, I think when it comes to following after wisdom, you see, last week we saw that uh, wisdom leads to life, it leads to prosperity, it leads to peace. And it's one of the big things people are asking for right now. I need peace in my life. And so we want all those things. But to get there, oftentimes we don't want the cost of what it takes to actually get wisdom. When I was a 12-year-old, I remember my dad took me out for lunch. And we went to this, like we rarely went out. We didn't, I grew up in a home, especially at that time, where we really didn't have a lot of money. And so when we went out on this particular occasion, uh, he took me to like a McDonald's. It wasn't McDonald's, but something like that, where it was burger and fries. And I remember eating my burger and fries, and then my dad says, Steve, I just wanted to uh, let you know, I saw you with your friend Dave the other day, and uh, the way that you're interacting with him, you were being bossy. 
And, um, and so you, uh, I wanted to let you know that uh, if you want your friendship to continue on, then uh, you need to pay attention to the way that you treat him. Now, at that initial time, I had a burger in my mouth. I'm, <laughs> I'm, like, I'm really happy to be there. Like, Dad's taking me out, and, uh, and I've, got a, I've got some nice food to, to eat. But the, the moment that my dad said that, I'm like, I'm bossy. Like, you know, inside, like, it doesn't matter who you are, something rises up because you don't see it yourself. In fact, here's the thing, like, when there's things that God wants to change in you or there's things that are not wise within you, everybody else sees that but you. And uh, you're the only one who's blind to it. And the reason why it's still there is because you're blind to it. And, or, you, you know, sometimes you're purposefully blind to it. And, uh, and so as I heard my dad say that, there's something resonated with, yes, it's true, but I don't want to hear it. And, uh, and, uh, but I, I love my dad's heart because he actually created an environment that said you're loved no matter what you do, uh, no matter what decision you make, you're loved. And I want you to know that I have, I have you back. I've got the best for you. And so he was speaking into my life in a way that was helping me to develop some good insight into my life, some wisdom into my life. So I, I thought about it. We went home. Uh, the first day that somebody says something like that to you, uh, you kind of, you don't want to hear it. You kind of block it out. But the more that I thought about it, the more I realized, Dad, you're right. And I knew I had to apologize to my mate, Dave. So I, I met, met up with my mate, Dave. It wasn't the last time I apologized to my mate, Dave. I apologized to him plenty of times. And that's, that's what friendships are like, aren't they? You, you, uh, a good friendship, you see, if it ends every time you have an argument, then your friendships start to fall away pretty quick. But um, I apologized to him, and I realized that uh, what my dad had said was correct. And as I journeyed further into that relationship, Dave uh, became one of my best mates. Uh, we used to play golf together, and we used to um, go to the cricket nets with his dad. We used to have like one of those, like the cricket bats, was, we had it sawn down either side, so it was just the, the width of the handle. Anybody else do that at all? Okay, just, okay, one other person, Maddie. okay. And so we just had the handle width, and then uh, Dave's dad would bowl a baseball because it would swing more. But we, we, we used to get our eye in with that, you know, and um, we did a lot of things together. Fast forward, it's over 30 years since uh, me and Dave first met each other. He's now my brother-in-law, right? He's now my brother-in-law. That would never have happened had I not listened to my dad's wisdom. Wisdom is found in the most unusual places at times. Sometimes it's in places we don't want to hear it. And chances are that when somebody has uh, some wisdom for you, uh, if you are not standing in that wisdom already, then you're not going to want to hear it. And so we could do the whole series, Wisdom for Life, and you'd be like, yeah, that's for others, it's not for me. But if you'll just take a hold of wisdom and you'll find it in the places that you weren't looking then you'll find the, the very thing that you're looking for, life, peace, and prosperity. You'll find the things that God had actually intended for you. Sometimes we, uh, you know, we hear people give us wisdom, and you know, it's, it's just an, another thing that we're trying to grapple with in our life, and it just seems so hard to actually take a hold of it. But if we'll just stop and listen to what God is saying, if we'll listen for the voice of wisdom, then you'll actually hear wisdom for life. So... Proverbs chapter 15, verse 31 to 32. 
Solomon says this, whoever heeds life-giving correction will be at home among the wise. Those who disregard discipline despise themselves. But the one who heeds correction gains understanding. It's not the kind of thing, you say, yes, I want wisdom. Uh, we're signing up for correction and discipline. <laughs> and uh, in fact, Solomon says, those who disregard discipline, they despise themselves. They're actually rejecting themselves. They're, they're doing something that is not good for them. It's fairly strong words, isn't it? Uh, they rob themselves. They deny themselves life-giving wisdom. Proverbs 15, 5, just a few verses earlier, says, A fool spurns a parent's discipline, but whoever heeds correction shows prudence. Listen, if, if you're a, a young adult or even a, a senior teen, and uh, your parents still have a say in your life, let them. Because they have wisdom for you. They have wisdom for you. Sometimes, uh, look, you might be in a family where you're like, yeah, you don't know my parents. They, they probably don't have that much wisdom. But if you will just listen for and honor that God can actually speak through your parents, they have wisdom for you that is important for you to listen to. Uh, so a fool spurns a parent's discipline. They reject it. They don't want uh, their parents to have a say in what they do. But a, a, a wise person heeds correction and it shows prudence. Prudence just simply means they plan for the future. They, they set up for the future. Uh, listen, if you're a parent here today, when it comes to disciplining your kids, there is a real, uh, you know, there, there's, this can be a touchy subject in the world, yeah? Because sometimes you'll hear people say, listen, you, you can't smack your kids. Uh, we grew up without having that conversation. Like there wasn't that kind of social stigma when we were growing up. And so smacking your kids was uh, quite normal. In fact, if you read through wisdom of the scriptures, um, they talk about how do not spare the rod for your child uh, because, and you know, however you do your discipline, because what happens is you actually set up your child for a win. You're helping, you see, a, a parent who who disregards discipline, a parent who walks away from discipline, they essentially say, this is too difficult. Uh, I love my kids, but not enough to actually change their route because if you don't do anything about the direction that they're going, as they grow older, as they get to a point where now you're not with them side by side uh, on a 24-7 kind of basis, then as that happens, they start to make choices that are unwise when you could have been part of correcting those things when they were younger. For some of us, we're like, yeah, I got smacked way too much as a child. Um, and for others, others, actually, I've heard, you know, for some, we were actually part of a school uh, back in uh, Dubbo where some of the young guys uh, came to the headmaster and said, um, please discipline us, <laughs> which is very unusual. They knew they had done the wrong thing. They came and owned up, and they said, we need... Um, we need correction. It's very unusual. But I tell you what, parents, if you will choose to discipline, it is a wise thing because what you're doing is you're stepping into the role of helping your child receive wisdom. You're helping them to receive the best. Now listen, there's a difference between frustrated discipline and loving discipline. And you can tell that you're working towards frustrated discipline when uh, you're starting to lose control and you hear it in your voice. Okay, Johnny, one... Don't touch that remote. 
two, and your voice is starting to escalate. Two and a half, <laughs> two and three quarters. Don't do it, Johnny, don't do it. And then finally they do it. And, and you know what I mean? Like you're, you start to escalate and it becomes a frustrated discipline rather than a loving discipline that actually steps in and disciplines with love. So can I encourage you, parents, please, please consider how is your part to play when it comes to wisdom with your children? Proverbs 17.10 says, A rebuke impresses a discerning person, more than a hundred lashes a fool. A wise person welcomes a rebuke. I love that it says it impresses. It's a very unusual word to describe here, but they, it impresses them that somebody would re, rebuke them or correct them or come into alignment with helping them to see wisdom in the midst. But somebody who's a fool, the New Living Translation says it better, a single rebuke is more for a person of understanding than a hundred lashes on the back of a fool. And the back of a fool, somebody uh, who is foolish, they can receive you know, a hundred lashes or a hundred disciplines and still not learn that there's wisdom in the midst of, um, of that discipline. But somebody who is seeking after wisdom, they will look in the midst of a rebuke. They will look in the midst of a correction. Listen, this has happened to me plenty of times when it comes to uh, just even my own um, relationships that are close to me, but it's also happened in leading a church. Oftentimes you get people who come up and they have great opinions of how church should be done and um, and it's great. You do need to hear that, and there is some wisdom in it. But sometimes you have people who are more so giving you information out of uh, their intellect rather than because they love you. I look to the loving relationships, those, those who want the best for me. I listen closely to what they say. <clears throat> when a rebuke comes from a friend, you know that it's a safe person to open up with. But when it comes from someone who is not for you, then it is not always helpful. And so not all rebukes or not all correction is equal. You have to look to who are the ones that I'm looking to who have wisdom for me? Who is it, who is it that I can trust that has wisdom for me? Who loves me enough that it's not just about the correction, but they're going to do the journey with me? They're not just going to give me the correction and, and run off and just um, and go do their own thing because they don't really care about me. And listen, a rebuke is different to judgment. Judgment condemn somebody. Judgment uh, places yourself up on a pedestal and looks down on others and says, hey, you're not like me and, um, and you need to know it. So that's judgment. But rebuke comes down and grabs the hand of the person and brings them up. Correction brings a person up. It's loving. It's different to judgment. Judgment places oneself higher than others. But a rebuke actually draws people up. You hear the difference? So we need people around us who will be willing enough to actually speak into our lives because we have blind spots. Each one of us have blind spots. We need somebody to come alongside and say, hey, Steve, when you said this, uh, that really hurt. You know, I could be oblivious to it. Um, or Steve, when you did this. And so we need people who will come alongside us and lovingly say, hey, I want the best for you. So Proverbs chapter 13, verse 20 Here's what we need to do as far as being, uh, you know, desiring to actually walk into hearing from the wise. 13.20 says, walk with the wise and become wise, for a companion of fools suffers harm. Who are your friends? Who are your circle of friends? Who have you actually given permission to, to speak into your life? See, who you walk with is who you become. 
you become like those that you uh, mix with, yeah? And so the more that you spend with them, if you spend time with a foolish person, you end up making foolish choices yourself. See, foolish people, they, they love to be able to talk about the things that they do um, and can do because they've turned a blind eye to all the other things. And so they just want to draw you into what they do so that they, they have a safety and nobody says anything to them. But when you walk with the wise, you actually partner with people to become like them. So if you want to become more passionate, more uh, loving, more uh, you know, desiring of, of seeing Jesus move in the midst of what you're doing, uh, seeing the encounters of God and hearing his voice, then walk with people who do that. Walk with people who know him. Walk with people who uh, have that kind of wisdom. Uh, you might be here and you're thinking, you know what, uh, I've, I've got friends here at this church that I've been journeying with for a, you know, for a long time. And you know your circle of friends. And you know, I, I need, this might be today the choice, I need to actually journey with them because I know there's wisdom in that person. I need to journey with them. Can I encourage you, find those who are wise and journey with them. It may seem uh, selfish in some ways if you're thinking uh, just in terms of knowledge, but wisdom is bigger than knowledge. Wisdom is around loving uh, those who are, who are uh, in need. It's, it's around seeing um, the needs of others and, and helping meet that. It's, it's around uh, making wise choices that affect others in a way that builds people up. If you're seeking wisdom, you're seeking the betterment of the community. You're actually seeking the best for others. So seek the voice of wise people. Proverbs 27, 17 says, As iron sharpens iron, who knows the rest of this? So one person sharpens another. Just as iron sharpens iron, as you rub shoulders with those who are wise, as you rub shoulders with those who carry something that you know that God has for you to take a hold of. This is why when it comes to uh, walking with each other is so important. You can say, I'm a Christian and I do my own thing. I don't really need church. But you need people because the people that you walk with, you end up sharpening each other. They need you and you need them. The opposite is, Proverbs 14:7 says, stay away from a fool for you will not find knowledge on their lips. Uh, chapter 18, verse two, fools find no pleasure in understanding but delight in airing their own opinions. If you want to justify your behavior, then hang around fools because they will give you enough to say uh, you can always find someone with an opinion that you want to hear that's, that allows you to keep doing what you do. But if you really truly want to find wisdom, then you need to step out of the comfort zone. Uh, I heard Pastor Nate say one time over at uh, H2O, if your marriage is on the ropes and you take your problems to your mates at the pub, or if, if you're a lady, you take your, your problems to your, your girlfriends at your workplace. Then they'll tell you, just, just let that marriage go. You can do better. And they'll give you all their opinions, but they don't care for the best of you. But when you come to somebody who's wise, somebody who's a brother or sister in the Lord, somebody who, uh, who wants to give you the truth, then they come, true friends come alongside you. And even if it's an uncomfortable uh, conversation to have with you. They'll say, hey, um, your marriage is worth saving. Your marriage is redeemable. There's hope yet. If you'll just uh, 
start to walk in grace, if you'll uh, give yourself to forgiveness, and if you'll, if you'll journey with, this, uh, with you know, your husband or your wife in a way that lifts them up, they have wisdom to say, there is incredible things that God has for you yet. Imagine that I didn't listen to my, the wisdom of my uh, dad around my friend Dave. I would never have a brother-in-law, Dave, today. He would never have met Liz's twin sister. And um, our friendship would have been dissolved. But wisdom, as you listen to wisdom, you'll find yourself in places that you thought was not possible. Marriages will be restored that you thought was impossible. I can tell you, I've not seen a marriage yet that has not been restored when both are willing to listen to wisdom. There is hope. There is wisdom to grab a hold of. So, not only are we to uh, welcome correction, to welcome a rebuke, and then also to know who to receive it from and to find somebody who is wise that we can walk with, but sometimes God manifests his presence through uh, the most offensive uh, people to us. You need to see the Holy Spirit beyond the person. I I watched a uh, YouTube clip of Catherine Kuhlman. I'd heard of her and and just how she had um, been part of a massive movement around the the Pentecostal movement and had seen many people healed. I thought, I've got to uh, YouTube this girl and, and see if there's any film of hers. She's back in, I think, the 70s. I'm not sure if that's correct or not. But back in the 70s. And, uh, and so here's this lady, and I tell you, if you saw her, you think, where, what cloud did she come off, right? <laughs> she walks around like this. Ah. You know, and you're thinking, what on earth? And she's got these big flowing dresses, and she's like really joyful. Now, if, if you're not paying attention, you'll get offended by the person before you even get a chance to see Holy Spirit. Because as she started to pray for people, people are getting instantly healed, one after the other. And as you start to see Holy Spirit at work, you realize, oh, God, I almost turned away from the wisdom that you had because I was getting offended by the person, by the, by the carrier of your presence. Sometimes people will uh, miss the very move of God because they, all they see is the person. They don't see the Holy Spirit at work. If you can see Holy Spirit at work, if you can see uh, that he is, is doing something that you know is not possible by man, but it's only possible by him, whether it be a prophetic word, whether it be a healing, whether it be uh, a timely message to you that you just know had to be from God, as you see that, recognize, God, you're in the midst. I need to listen up. You see, Jesus was received in a very similar way. The Pharisees, when they looked at him, they thought, um, here is a guy, and, and even the experts of the Lord, here is a guy who is breaking all of our traditions. He doesn't do the same things that we do, and he doesn't wash his hands before he eats, which was traditional. Um, he doesn't, uh, you know, he heals people on the Sabbath, which seems to them to be all the wrong things to do. And yet, um, Jesus says, of himself to the Pharisees. Wisdom is proved right by all her children. In fact, when John the Baptist asks, you see, he gets to a point where he's not sure if Jesus is actually who he says he is. And he sends his disciples to Jesus and says, 
He asks a question, are you actually the, the Messiah? Jesus had just finished healing a number of people at that time. He turns to these disciples and says, look, here are those who have been healed. The deaf have received their hearing. The, the um, blind have seen, have, uh, seen now. And he starts to point to every single thing Holy Spirit does. And then he says, I paraphrase this, um, but he says something like, uh, blessed are those who do not stumble on account of me. Why? Because the package was offensive. People, when they saw Jesus, oftentimes would turn away because of the package. But wisdom is found as you see Holy Spirit at work. So be ready for a rebuke. Be ready for correction. Uh, I'm not saying afterwards, as we have tea and coffee, that you should go and rebuke everybody. But, but be ready for wisdom to show up in the places that you weren't ready for. Look for wise people to journey with. Look for those that carry the Spirit of God on them. Look for those who uh, you can actually walk with and know, hey, God, you are at work in the midst of this. There's wisdom there for me to pick up. And allow God to use those relationships to draw you into his wisdom. A few more verses. Proverbs 12, 15. The way of fools seems right to them, but the wise listen to advice. Uh, chapter 14, verse 16. The wise fear the Lord and shun evil, but a fool is hot-headed and yet feels secure. Chapter 28, verse 26. Those who trust in themselves are fools, but those who walk in wisdom are kept safe. There is a choice here. Wisdom for life has a choice. If you want wisdom for life, then you need to step into the uncomfortable. Say, God, I want above all else, I know that it's going to cost me something. I know that it's, uh, you know, there's humility that's required. I know that you're requiring me to step into something that just drops down all of my defenses, but I'm willing. I want everything that you have for me. Jesus, he asked those of his disciples, those who were following him. You see, a lot of people followed Jesus, but not many people became disciples of Jesus. A lot of people knew about Jesus, and he said, those who would pick up their cross and carry it and follow me, they are my true disciples. Those who would humble themselves, those who would basically give up everything that they know in order to take up everything that I have for them. Here is the wisest man that I know, and he's the son of God. And he calls you into relationship. He calls you to take a hold of his wisdom. You see, as Jesus, if you were to read through the gospel story and you see everything that Jesus did, you would see again and again the wisdom of God at work in him. He's calling you. And he's calling you into wisdom. He's calling you into wisdom for life. So I'm going to ask you to stand just now and we're going to pray. But as we do, and you can stand just now, it'll be great. Um, as we do, uh, I want to ask you to, to take a bold step. And so your bold step today might be, God, I know that I am a self-made man or woman. I've been doing my own thing. And so today I'm deciding that I, I'm willing to humble myself to hear from you. I'm willing to hear it from those who know me best. And I'm going to partner with others to actually speak wisdom into my life. That might be your bold decision. Or it could be that this morning that your bold decision is actually to choose to follow Jesus. Maybe you've heard about Jesus a number of times and uh, to you it's been something that's been uh, maybe even foolishness to you. 
But uh, as you begin to realize Jesus is wisdom, he carries everything of the Father. Jesus said of himself that, uh, that as you see me, you see the Father. Everything that Jesus did was uh, straight through the mouth of God. He did exactly as, as God had told him to do. He was the likeness of God. So I'm asking you, maybe this morning is uh, the moment to make a bold decision to say, Jesus, I recognize you are the Son of God. You did stand on my behalf. I recognize that you have given your life for me. You humbled yourself so that I could become a son, a daughter of God. And this morning, I'm choosing to follow you.